This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. How are you doing? My name is Ray Harkins, and you're listening to a podcast called 100 Words or Less, in which we bring on people that are involved in the independent music scene, from punk to hardcore to indie rock to whatever classification you'd like. That's who we're bringing in. We're opening the door so they can talk about how rad this whole thing that we are involved is. So the guest this week is part of my ongoing Friendversation series, where basically once a month I bring on either a past guest of the show or someone who I'm friends with, basically someone who I know will have a really good time and will be able to share that conversation with you. You know, it's much less structured than obviously the interviews that I conduct on uh, other weeks. But uh, this is a past guest, Buddy Nielsen. He's the vocalist of Senses Fail. He's appeared on the show two previous times, um, and both were really really incredible episodes um just because his first one he dove deep into his uh his his life and then the second time that he came on he had a very inspiring and revelatory conversation about his sexuality his addiction problems and uh it's actually one of the most downloaded episodes of the podcast in general uh of all time so if you miss that one uh you can dive back and figure that out. Um, it's pretty simple. Just, uh, you know, go back in the, the feed of this podcast. I don't need to tell you how to handle podcasts. But, <coughs> excuse me, pardon me. Um, yeah, so anyways, that we'll, I'll bring that to you in a moment. Let's do some business stuff. And uh, I need to vent to you and ask for some help. But uh, the Amazon affiliate code, dive into that. It's super simple. Basically, click on the link that's in the show notes or on the website and you can save that to your computer. We get a nice little 4% kickback. I used to say three. I think it's 4% now. Who knows? But we get a kickback from all the stuff that you buy from Amazon. And I appreciate that because it helps fund the show. It helps things keep being smooth or something. I don't know. But basically it, it helps the show because um, that way I can justify to my family, hey, me talking into microphones is good for me spending time away from you. So uh, yeah, that's, that's you know, honestly one of the real reasons that I need to uh, validate the podcast. And um, yeah, so before we dive into the conversation with Buddy, so do you personally, you yourself, I'm pointing at you, do you have anxiety? Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of anxiety, but there is anxiety that I get around conflict. So I've been messing up a little bit at my day job recently, and I've been uh, you know, having to solve issues and kind of work with people uh, in figuring out how to solve those issues. And the amount of anxiety that I get around conflict and just like disappointing people, it, it kills me, man. It's super, super difficult for me to, uh, I just like my body reacts in one way where I just get like super sweaty and stressed and then, I mean, I'll be gross about it, but it's like, I get the stress poops. So I, I, I find myself on the toilet, um, you know, a lot <laughs> trying to exercise those anxiety demons. So I don't know, do, do you have a strategy in which you can uh, cope with conflict a little bit better? Cause I just, I'm feeling like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a grown ass man. I'm a relatively high-functioning adult. You know, I have a job, I've got responsibilities, all these other things. And then when it comes to conflict, I mean, it, to be fair, I don't run away. Like, I think that's a, <laughs> a common thing that people do. So I, I definitely stand and take responsibility. But uh, just the effect it has on my body, it's just brutal. So anyways, if you have any solutions or coping mechanisms or anything, email the show 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. So yes, here's my conversation with Buddy. And uh, he re reveals a lot of 
of exclusive information. He talks about a new band he is in. Uh, he talks about some huge change in his life that will be exciting for those of you that uh, are um, interested in parenting. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just buried the lead there, but um, some incredible stuff in here. And uh, we really, really dive deep on the idea of what it means to exist on the internet, what activism means on the internet, and uh, just a lot of the general hatred that spews from people's mouths anonymously on the internet. And I know this isn't an original topic, but I hope our conversation helps you reflect on a lot of these uh, interesting issues that arise from us existing online. So anyways, I dropped my pen. I apologize. I was about to say, without further ado, but no, I promised myself I wouldn't do that. But here is my discussion with Buddy, and I will talk to you after we're done. What I brought you here to talk about, buddy, <laughs> is the because uh, I, I really like after we hung up, whatever, you know, three weeks ago when we were having that conversation, I was, you know, I reflected on it on more than one occasion. And it was one of those things where I thought it would be a really interesting topic for us to obviously discuss in a more public forum, just because I, I think that. Uh, you know, people don't necessarily get that peek behind the curtain from just the mentality of like how, um, you know, tiring it can be when you do and express an opinion on the internet and you constantly just get like, you know, bashed and berated for it. Um, and I presume that because of the sustained efforts towards the, the fact that, you know, you have become more comfortable with yourself. So therefore you're more comfortable in expressing opinions that it's only gotten, I guess, worse over time, or do you feel kind of ebbs and flows? I mean, I guess it kind of ebbs and flows depending upon like what kind of mood I'm in and how willing I am to like put up with people's shit, I guess. You know what I mean? I think, um, I think that's what changes. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it ever stops people saying things or doing, you know, we're commenting like, dude, I posted about, climbing the other day and someone's like why the fuck did you post this like if you because the thing is specifically like they're like in climbing you start from you know a specific position and climb up and i i started from a an easier position because i'm not that great and i posted about that and i kind of posted about it and people were like somebody was like why the fuck would you post that then if you didn't start from the beginning i'm like dude just what? I said, just delete the person. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, it's, it's a really like difficult to navigate the internet at the age I am because I grew up without the internet. I grew up with the internet. Mm -hmm. So I have a belief that I've seen the integration of internet into the life of people. A lot of people that are younger didn't see that integration. They just magically sort of walked into the internet. And I think for a lot of people, there's two things that happen. It either becomes that this is the real thing. This is real life. Everything that happens on the internet is real or it goes the opposite way where it doesn't matter. You can, it's kind of like the wild west. You can do whatever the hell you want because it doesn't have any consequences and it doesn't really matter. So I exist in a place that's somewhere in the middle where I'm like, I definitely know that my entire being and life and existence is not wrapped up in the internet. But I also understand that like there's some ridiculousness to it. So it's like it's this really interesting 
navigation of like, what do I use it for? Right. What do I, what am I supposed to do with it? What am I supposed to do with social media? Because as you see, and as you get sort of into more of being an internet activist, there's a never ending cascade of things you're supposed to attach your opinion to, which you get shit from both sides, you know, from the side you're on, you don't get shit if you, you'll get shit if you don't say anything. Right. And then you'll get shit if you say something. So sort of, a, I mean, all in all, I think the, the internet and sort of the way I've viewed it recently is it's a sort of a lose-lose situation for you if you're interested in using it as a tool to affect. So you're never going to see that. You're not going to like, it's not like you're a, a, a therapist or or a drug counselor and you talk with someone and you walk them through their problems in their life and you see them grow. Like you post things on the internet and you have no idea how they're affecting people. Most notably, you know how they're negatively affecting people. So it sort of feels like everything you're doing is almost like negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really weird. It's really strange. I stepped away. Like I stopped posting anything political for probably the last month or so. Maybe more, and I I feel like a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah. I, I, no, I totally. I mean, I think it, there's a few threads I want to unravel there. Like one of them being the fact that um, because obviously you're publishing these through the lens of obviously census fail, which you know is not arguably, but definitively you, like clearly you've been the, the existing member throughout the entire band. So like, there's those people that are still attached to the fact that, um, you know, like, when are you going to do the uh, 17 year reunion of the EP that you put out? And like, you know, just people that are attached to the nostalgic factor of census Mm -hmm. fail and then like randomly check into your, you know, your Facebook or Twitter and are like, why is this guy talking about, you know, LGBT issues like what what's the like why is they why are they doing this um, yeah I mean it's confusing I understand it's confusing I mean um yeah it is I I, I it's a, I'm just sort of at a point where like I don't really know if anything that you do or say on the internet and more connected it's not actually like anybody's doing anything to help me it's that I've I'm seeking out this information in order to like corroborate my own life. And I don't think like, I think a lot of what I was doing and maybe what people do is they pick up pitchforks on the internet. And I think pitchforking on the internet is, is pretty, is pretty, I don't know if it does anything. Uh, You know, I don't know if it does anything. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe it does. I don't know. I, I'm sort of confused as to like if it does anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, there's definitely no magic bullet solution for it. But I, I do think it – to me, I view it in the the manner of uh, whatever, inciting a discussion. And I don't mean that inciting a discussion on the internet because clearly that like as you have been alluding to, that you know, it's not like anybody reads something, you know, a Facebook post and is like, oh – you know what? I've changed my mind about that. Um, or, or, you know, 
you could argue that even having a face-to-face discussion, a person would walk away being like, I'm changing yeah. my mind because of that. But uh, the, the idea of, of putting that information out there, because like there are so many times where it's like, you know, if, if I see or read something that, it, you know, either is contradictory to my opinion or um, even is just a little something I'm just like, oh, I didn't know about that thing. Then obviously it incites that internal discussion I have in my head, um, but I'm not contributing to the conversation on the internet because obviously like you're saying and i agree wholeheartedly that it's not like anybody can have a like fruitful discussion like even for instance people are upset at me that i haven't said anything about what's happening with the story so far and it's like i i just found out that my wife's pregnant honestly i'm more concerned with that than i am with what's happening with the story so far and that's my right as a human being and like it it doesn't matter i'm not going to affect any change by doing anything to degrade anyone in any way and like i think that i've learned that lesson from what i've done in the last year i sort of thought like well if i have a big mouth and if i sort of attack situations maybe i'll be able to change them and i think i might have been going about it in the wrong way like if you want to change the way in which people view women, me shouting about the story so far or the singer of the story so far, Parker, doing that, I don't think it's going to change anything. I think what's going to happen is maybe if I raise my child to not be – to have those tendencies, maybe if I you know, start this group, which I'm, I, we could talk about I'm doing, then maybe I have a shot. But I don't know if it, doing it on the internet – is for me. Maybe it's for other people, but I don't know if I have like thick enough skin to deal with the amount of voices that come at you. You know, I think I think there's less political bands now, not because people aren't political, but because of the the uh, the amount of voices you have to take into consideration. Whereas it was really only you and your band and your audience and. Even if your audience disagreed with you, you didn't hear about it. Like right. they go home, they go on their way. Like I'm not sure if art art is meant to be community pieces and meant to be sort of like worked on as a community. But I'm not sure if music, specifically punk music or the umbrella of that, is meant as a communal piece as more of it's like one person's view on the world put into music you know whoever the singer is or the lyric writer is putting their take on the world with a sort of grandiose orchestral whatever you want to call it and that's what the art form is it's not like it's not about multiple voices specifically from the audience it's just it's like a paint it's like a painting it's like Imagine the painter had to sit – imagine like some famous artist like Van Gogh had to sit there by his art while people came by and discussed it. You think he would have done and continued to do what he did? I don't know. It's a very variable situation. Maybe he would have stopped painting. Right. You know? Yeah, it's true. I mean it definitely speaks to like you were saying, like how you – 
referenced like i don't i don't know if you if i personally have the you know thick enough skin to be able to uh you know digest all of that that's coming at you um it, it, it is i think it is uh i think going back to you know what i was saying in regards to the the just the the sheer uh like you said or like you said the the sharing of information and just being able to put um issues whatever they may be in front of people that may not have even considered that. Cause those are the people who I think it's like, they're not even contributing to the conversations online. It's like in the same way where it's like, you know, when you first find out about, you know, straight edge or vegetarianism or whatever, any sort of counterculture philosophical belief, it's not like, you know, it's not like all of a sudden, um, you know, you read about Buddhism and then that day, you, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, no, es- you're right. right. You're espousing the beliefs. You know, it's like, oh, I got my prayer beads. I got everything going on. Um, but you're, you're just kind of like, you know, silently soaking it in. So I think it's like, like, I totally remember this was so, um, uh, you know, uh, it was a really interesting thing that I was not me personally, but I helped coordinate where it's like, you know, sh- share the story in somewhat short form where, uh, so Jonah Weinhofen from I Killed the Prom Queen and, you know, he's, he's a, total, you know, vegan warrior dude, like expresses animal rights opinions, you know, all day on the internet. And actually arguably is one of the reasons why he's not in bring me the horizon. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was too, <laughs> too political. Too, yeah. too political. Yeah. So anyway, he, he basically did uh, when I was working at PETA, he did an anti wool ad and that, you know, him being from Australia, wool is like one of the hugest exports of the country. Anyways, long story short, the ad was released. It was, you know, it showed like a sheared sheep. It was, you know, uh, in usual PETA fashion, very inflammatory, but the amount of, of outpour that he had from a negative perspective it was basically you know like every farmer in australia was just piling on him it's like you know these are uh, the what i like to call the twitter egg faces where it's like you know they've got like four followers and are like i want to drive to your house and like murder everyone. yeah yeah and so like he basically you know i c- called him the night of and i was like dude i'm I'm so sorry. And he was like, you know, he wasn't ready for that sort of response. And so basically he just, you know, wasn't on the internet for like five days, didn't respond to anything on social media. And it's like, I felt so bad because it's like, here's a person that was trying to, you know, do something obviously uh, that he felt was important. And then all he's getting is obviously, you know, the thousands of egg faces that are, that are pouring on him. And I, in the same fashion that I've seen you go through that same sort of, um, scenario where it's just like you are you're expressing your opinion and it is strong and it's meant to ping pong off of people to hopefully have those people that even aren't talking on the internet to at least think about it so it's like i would actually counter what you're saying where it's like you yourself are not going to see any of the sort of positive effects of you having those discussions but i think that that's draining i think that that's That's mentally draining and i think it, it it seriously makes you question like what is the point of what i'm doing you know what is it where 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 am i you, and that's what i think the real like disadvantage of the internet is is that it's not a catch all it's not a one sort of like we we can't just create the only way in which we convene to be the internet because it it almost creates a divide even more because it's really easy to discount someone's opinion when you don't have to stand in front of them. Right. You know, I've been in front of people. I, I you know, sitting with Franz from Attila, 
he was able to discount my entire existence when I we had a you know discussion with him about his use of the word faggot and stuff. And you know, not everybody is as closed off and ignorant as he is. Um, most people will let their guard down and go, you know what, you're right. Like, I see that it really affects you. So something I must have done must be wrong in some way, even if, even if I don't know that it is. It must be. And so it's like you don't get that on the internet because you don't have to deal with anyone. Right. And, and then on the same side, you don't get any of the benefit of that. Like you don't see the benefit. So it, all you see is the negative and it wears on you and you go, what's the, what's the point? And, um, you well, know, and, and I think, I mean, not to, inter- not to interrupt your train of thought, but I do think you're hitting on the, like the sort of human nature aspect of it, because, you know, for every, uh, 10 positive things you hear about yourself or your work or whatever it is you do, you're only going to focus on the one person who's like, meh, whatever. And you're just like, well, how do I get that person to see what I'm seeing or whatever? You know, like, I, I think it's our, hu- our human nature to focus on that. It's not even that for me. It's, it's, it's just not even seeing the like usefulness of 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 it you know what i mean like it's it's people are going to say dumb shit all the time i mean uh, on both sides too and i think that that's something that like i've really seen is that both sides do what the other one doesn't like like (laughs) you know an opinion and a stance is is a is not a fact and that's uh, even even as even as so far as like my belief in how i choose to live my life and what i believe in the world isn't a fact it's not a so it's like this very difficult like <clears throat> when you don't have an open mind there's no point in even like i don't it's really complicated because I don't want to entertain people that support Donald Trump. But I also understand that the reason why the way they are is because of a bunch of flawed conditions that had nothing to do with them. Right. So at all intents and purposes, I don't even hold them. I hold them accountable for their actions, but I don't necessarily hold them accountable for why they are where they are. Like <laughs> It's like they're, they're, we're both re- two separate people are reaching the same conclusions or reaching different conclusions using the same path. It's like they're both, everybody's walking down the same path being like, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. That's terrible too. And then you go to the left and you're like, yeah, well we should go over here. And then this person goes to the right. It's like, well dude, because Trump is doing this. And yeah, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> and it's just, it's weird. And, and the thing is you're never going to convince someone that thinks that is thinking from a fear perspective by meeting them with aggression or fear. And I understand that. And I get caught up in that sometimes because I'm so fucking angry about (laughs) them and their point of view. And it, and I think with the internet, it just, it, you'd never have to have that moment where you're sitting in front of someone and you're like, just have that like, sigh of like yeah you're a you're just a person trying to live your life just like me you don't have the commonality the internet doesn't provide that commonality it provides anonymity and 
an ability to do and say whatever you want without consequences. And I don't know. I think I think that that is what is really flawed about social media. Right. Uh, and I don't know if it's the best medium to force. I don't know if it's the best medium to for me to push a social agenda without having other places that I can see some level of progress. Like if it's my only outlet for activism, I decided if it's my only outlet for activism, it's not going to be useful for me because I'm, I'm not getting out of it what I want, which is to see some level of like progression, um, to see some level of like, uh, Impact, agreement, even agreement. You know what I mean? Like nobody goes like when you post something, nobody goes fuck yeah. Most people just go yeah, I agree with that. Like I don't see someone when I post something that I agree with. I don't make sure to comment on it because that's ridiculous, right? I don't need to like, and that's. But it's it's from someone who is fighting the fight. It's almost like you need to hear that you have that people have your back, and you don't get that on the internet. You don't get that in a band. I mean, you're a political band and people are showing up to your show and then you assume, okay, well, people dig, people dig this. That means they dig the message. And that's the weird thing too. It's like people are coming to our shows and not digging the message. And I'm sort of like really fucking confused, you know, that's when it really hit me was when like, okay, all the internet shit aside, but then you're coming to shows and you're. I've always talked a lot at shows. I've always ranted. I've always told stories. I've always said this. I've always said that. Like, no one's ever started complaining until I started telling people that they need to, like, care about women's rights and LGBTQ issues and maybe, like, that I don't drink anymore. Like, I guess the band was so built on, like, this dark, sort of depressive, alcohol-fueled, thing that I think a lot of people are super surprised. They're like, we, we didn't come to hear you talk about your progress or your beliefs. We came to sort of be with you in sort of a self-loathing sort of darkness, which I get, but that's not where I live. That's where the songs are and you can have them and you can, you can do with that, you know, what you want with that, but I don't live there anymore, so I don't need to I can't embody that. So it's just been like a really weird sort of process to see how I'm supposed to like continue to stand up and then also make it so that it's useful for me. The other thing is there's absolutely no community within the music community within bands. Like there's no fucking community. Nobody none it's that also I think affects me in a way that if I also had other people that I felt like had my back, I'd probably be less torn apart when somebody says something ridiculous to me, you know, like, like that they want to kill me or something like that. You know, I'll be like, whatever. Like I know all these people have my back. I mean, cause it, cause I don't really feel like most ba- most bands are just trying to hang on, man. They're just right. they're just trying to hang on, trying to you know trying to squeeze squeeze one more year, one more record, one more go. Just trying to trying to you know keep the band alive or or get the band to the next level. It's very self serving, and I understand and 
sometimes I feel that way too, but I think that like it's lost a little bit of its camaraderie or maybe I just got old and everybody quit. Right. Well, I think there, there's something that, that on that same notion, the, uh, you know, what we were discussing about, uh, on our phone conversation a few weeks ago, where you were just like the, um, how everything of what you were just talking about, um, you know, puts a strain on not only obviously you as a person, but then the, the desire for the creative nature and obviously all of the, uh, affectations that come with playing in a band, you know, like how that, the, the, the outpouring of all the negative negativity, uh, puts you in a place where you're just like, do I even want to do like this and put this out for, you know, you people like I, I'm using that in very derogatory sense, yeah, of the term, yeah, yeah. but, um, how, how, because really like, you know, usually it's like bands, whatever, come to an end because of, uh, you know, whatever they're tired, they want to do something within their real life and all that sort of stuff. But I just thought it was an interesting, um, notion of what you're talking about, where it's just like the, not saying that's your sole primary reason for being like, Oh, do I want to scale this back in some capacity? But, uh, I just thought it was an interesting notion. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. When you get up in front of an audience and like there are people telling you to shut the fuck up, faggot. You're sort of like, where did you come from? What are you doing here? Like, and you're just like, fuck everyone. Right. Even the good people. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's hard not to fall into, it's hard not to get dragged into that sort of hate in a way. You know, it's like, and the thing is always, dude, I didn't mean it. I'm just fucking around. And and that's that's all that's like a such a bullshit excuse because it's not true. And and it's 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 if you're willing to do those kinds of things for attention, there's you know, something within you that's completely flawed and, and not really connected to uh reality. Well yeah, and you I mean it's it, the moment that you get called out for something and it washes over you where it's like, oh, crap i shouldn't have either said that or done that thing like that's the that's the moment where you're just like that your your first gut reaction oh dude i'm just kidding with you like I should, it's like well why did you say it in the first place why did that yeah. because you're trying to be funny like there's clearly other avenues for you to be funny this is not one of them yeah i mean you know and i i don't want to be one of these like a, i don't want to be one of these fucking aggressive sort of people that Everything is triggering and it's like it's not that way. Not everything triggers me. Like not everything makes me feel angry and aggressive about the way in which other people live their life. But it's like it's hard to find the balance, you know, between like what do you – I just feel like every time I open my mouth, it's bothering people. Like whether I talk about being a vegetarian or – whether I talk about being a Buddhist or whether I talk about being queer or whether I talk about fucking climbing or whether I talk about like, I don't know, just, you know, it, it seems, to, and I know you're never going to make everyone happy, but the thing is like, why are these people even following me? Why are they even in my life? Like, I wish I could restart all social media and like vet the people that follow me, you know, like, yeah. You know, I don't need to hear people's fucking dumb opinions about shit. And I, what I'm doing now is just deleting them. It's like, delete. Like, you say something I don't like, uh, this isn't free speech. This isn't a fucking forum. You know, this isn't a, 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 a neighborhood watch meeting. This is my personal or banned social media. 
If I don't like something you say, done. Like, done. There's no need for me to, like, argue or, like, take into consideration what anyone's saying because I don't have to. Because it doesn't matter because it's the internet in some respects. And that's, like, this... The weird thing about the internet is people are like, it's the most influential thing. And then people are like, dude, why do you give a shit about what people say? And I'm like, it's so maddening as like a artist or whatever to live in a world where both are true, where it's like, this is the most influential way, you know, the most you can get your voice out, you can be heard, you can affect change. And dude, who gives a shit what people say on the internet? I'm like, what? Like, how does, how do both exist? How do I exist? Where do I exist in those two statements, because they both are true. fucking polar opposite. Right. So on one hand, you're telling me that everything I'm doing is affecting people and meaningful and useful and good. And then you're telling me that, oh, dude, who gives a shit what people say on the Internet? It's just the Internet. And I'm like, like when I'm talking to younger people, because actually I'm work, I have a job right now. And there's a couple younger people that I work with. And it's interesting to talk to them about the Internet because – they have this just all of their life flows through the internet so and in some degree mine does too but i have this awareness that it's i almost i don't want it to you know like right um but you know they'll say things like dude what how could you uh, he's like i've never cared what anyone has said about me on the internet i'm like that's weird i find that strange like i find it strange that like if somebody said something derogatory about you anywhere, wouldn't you in some respects like go, what is that about? <laughs> yeah. No? Like, a, I, I think, I think maybe it always has, or it has to do from, I mean, obviously the generational difference, like you said, where it's like the, the notion of, you know, growing up pre-internet and then obviously having the internet, like, you know, we're our generation of people between the ages of, you know, whatever, 25 to 35, we'll say, it's like those people have existed in both times, you know, or maybe even you can argue a little bit later, like 28, 29 or whatever. But, you know, whereas we, uh, the way that we define the internet is it's a tool. It's a tool for us to use email, social media, all these things are tools and like they enhance our lives in certain ways and they obviously detract it in others. Um, whereas, I think people, like you said, your, you know, your younger coworkers or the other younger people that, you know, I've worked with as well, where it's like that, um, their, their life is flowed through that filter, you know, as opposed to us that, that, you know, basically like taps in and out of it, you know, it's like, yeah, we go into it, we're out of it. We go into it. Like, I, that's how I view it. It's like a pool. I, I wait in it. I'm doing it, you know, from day in and day out. And then, you know, I kind of, I remove myself and I exist in the real world. Um, not saying that younger people don't know how to exist in the real world because that obviously exists, but, uh, the, the filter in which they view. Or disconnect from it. You know, people disconnect from it in a way like, right. There might not be any disconnecting. And like, I feel like an intense need to disconnect. Like the more, the older I get, the more I sort of see things ramp up and the more I sort of just want to sort of disconnect and go, I don't need to be a part of this. I don't need to hear people's opinion about me. I don't need to broadcast my life. Like, and what I really enjoy the internet for is for being able to communicate with my friends. And unfortunately, like because of, you know, the way in which social media started and I did it through the band and I guess I'm a pub, somewhat of a public figure I don't really have that option because even if I turned my shit to private, I'd still have thousands of people I've had to wade through to be like, do I know you? No. 
Do I know you? No. You know, I'm like, I can't go through 19,000 people when all I really want to talk to is maybe 70. <laughs> so, right. you know, I just kind of like, I just kind of deal with it. You know, I, I just, I'm trying to find a way in which it, what it's useful for, how I can use it as a tool for change, but also to like not get caught up in the bullshit, which I've gotten caught up in a lot of bullshit on the internet, which arguing with people about whether or not women should be allowed to have abortions. Like, why am I even arguing with someone about that? (laughs) I don't need to argue with people about that. That's not something I need to, if you disagree with me, I can't, I don't know what I'm not, I I can't change your mind and nor do I want to spend the time. I'm going to go and, you know, live my life in a way that, supports the people that need to make those decisions rather than trying to convert those that don't. Right. Because I feel like I could do more good in supporting, you know, <laughs> supporting the people that support that than trying to convert those that are I don't know, not going to be converted by me. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I <laughs> I think something to that that you hit on in there too where it's like the you know, idea of the, whatever, the generational difference between, uh, people speaking about, uh, you know, being spoken about in the internet in a negative light. Um, I think that, you know, because obviously older people such as ourselves who, here we go. Here we go. Somebody just said, are you going, so I posted about a show we're playing. <laughs> okay. Somebody goes, are you going to stand on stage and eat a vegan platter while screaming about how much you love transvestites, buddy, you suck now hanging up, dude. Nice. It's, like, it's sort of just like, God, not mad, have been a fan since from the depths of dreams, probably before you even knew what music was. They suck now, end of story. And it's like, I don't know. It's like there's every my body, like I get a physical charge of like aggression when I read that. It's not like, I don't think you can be living in a human body and have something like that when said about you not trigger some kind of like visceral reaction where like, if that person said that to my face, I'd fucking punch them. I'd fucking try to physically harm them because I feel so threatened by what that person is saying that it elicits a violent response out of me. And what happens is when you read the internet, your body doesn't know the difference. You know what I mean? You have the same physical sensations, but you can't do anything about it. And it's psychologically a mind fuck. Honestly, I think it's not healthy. I think it's not healthy that in my life. It, you know, if somebody said that to me in front of me, I would have the reaction that I would like to right. hurt you. Right. But I'd also look at them and I'd notice like I'd notice things about them. I'd notice like just stupid and this is really like like you have like really dirty white shoes and you're dressed kind of like a like you don't know what's happening like and you look like you haven't sh- like and you start to put pieces together of this person and you start to see oh this person's not healthy and not happy and oh this person seems like they're having some sort of issue and and then you go oh I don't want to hurt this person this person's like already clearly in a massive amount of pain I don't need to do anything to this person that that isn't already done to them. But on the internet, like all I see is words said by someone. I don't get the picture of a human being. Like 
I get these inflammatory statements that incite some level of violent reaction. And then I have to sit in the privacy of my home or wherever and detox those feelings. And it's sort of like that's why the internet to me is really troublesome sometimes. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't say anything other than I posted about a show. Like, <laughs> nothing to do with anything. I'm not trying to get a rise out of anybody. I'm not trying to make a statement. Right. All I'm trying to do is promote a fucking show. And, and, and I've sort of in a way become like we've gained a lot of people that follow the band specifically waiting for me to post things that they don't like in order to talk about it, which is really interesting in, in a way. Right. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I, I totally, yeah, I, I, I get everything that you're saying. Cause it definitely, it's I, the, um, there's a, a amazing podcast called a uh, note to self, which is basically a, an exploration of how technology, social media, everything that we exist in the world today that didn't exist, you know, five to 10 years ago, how all of this stuff that we're just so readily consuming and using and putting in our brains is you know completely uncharted waters it's like we're not it gonna is, ha- it is totally Dude, we're, we're not gonna ha- yeah we're not gonna have crazy. any sort of medical <laughs> or any sort of studies done on this you know for another at least 10 years to be like hey this is how this is affecting us whether it's like in a positive or negative way we have no idea and so i think it's a it's i mean that podcast specifically explores a lot of that and it's really interesting because you know the uh all, all the things that you're speaking about in regards to that you know anxiety rage like all of these visceral emotions that you feel um are all uh being projected upon you and we don't as human beings don't have the uh we don't have the tools in order to deal with them at this point no and i i think what's super interesting is i mean i feel like well i know i mean i said it before and i didn't really even want to talk about this on the podcast because i wasn't really ready to say anything but i've already mentioned it and it's really specific it's like now that i know that i'm gonna have be a dad the way in which i choose to like introduce my kid to this sort of necessary necessary evil of the world i think is i'm looking at it in a way of how am i what am i to teach someone about it you know like what is useful about it what is not useful what what do you need to be careful about you know like what is it that it what what good does it do? What harm does it do? And what ways in which would you integrate it into a growing person's life? Yeah. And if any, and at what age and all that shit. And, and I think it's interesting when I talked to some of, you know, 25 year olds earlier than that, I mean, there's a big piece of time. I think me, maybe you and me and sort of people that are having children now, We've seen the first 10 years of social media. We've seen the internet grow from infancy. And we have a more clear perspective on how we want to integrate the generations moving forward into those mediums. You know, we, we, we've seen the good. We've seen, we've seen it topple governments, which is, you know, in some respect, on what depends on what side you're on, shows how effective and meaningful it can be for organization and change. But then we've seen all of the, the, the terrible things that it's done in, you know, bullying and people committing suicide. And I mean, just the, like, just the nature in which it's, 
you know, the nature in which you go, you know, you, we, we go out and all, we just see people staring at their phones. No one's communicating anymore. And like, we've seen both sides. So I almost think that this is going to, this generation that happened a little bit before, a little bit after me, in a way is going to be the generation that was like the guinea pig for. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you'll, I mean, as a, you'll totally experience this as you obviously, you know, explore fatherhood where it's like, you know, I mean, my kid's five years old now. And the notion, like, I always actually make fun of my mother because, like, she smoked with me in her womb for like four months. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like all, all we're doing, we're useless as human beings. We have no clue what we're doing. We're just taking stabs in the dark. And in a way, to me, that's really endearing because it just shows like, yo, no matter what, we're all we're all lost. We all have no idea what we're doing. We're just doing the best with the information that we have at the time. So like, I think that completely is applicable to like what you're talking about where it's like, you know, am I shielding my son from the internet? It's like, no, he knows what YouTube kids are or is, and he, he consumes that sort of stuff. But it's like, you know, is he spending, you know, am I using that as a babysitter? Of course not. Do I see other children being, you know, plopped in front of an iPad and watch Netflix for hours? Of course. Do I think that's bad? Of course. It's like, but but then again, it's like everything in moderation. So it's like I think if you are viewing the internet with a sort of skeptical eye when it comes to obviously the generation after us, like our children, um, I, I do think that's uh, you know we have more of an understanding of the internet than obviously our parents did. So it's like you know when we were you know fourteen year old dickheads <laughs> being stupid in chat rooms, yeah. being like oh I want to make out with a girl, I'm gonna try. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, all all that stupid stuff that we were experimenting with, our parents didn't know about. They had no idea. They had no. There's no way they could have even stopped it because they had absolutely. <laughs> they didn't even know what was happening. And like, totally. You know, and it's uh, just it's 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 crazy. And I'm trying to figure out where I fit in, you know. But I think one thing that like changed obviously since the last time we talked, where I was super kind of down. It's like now I have this reason to create music that's completely different than where I was at before. It's like. I now want to make music for the benefit of my family, which is like, whoa, that's like a complete, what's that like? That's like, this is like my livelihood and also my passion. And so it's been interesting to sort of have that injected back into the like, well, maybe I'm not making music for anyone. Maybe I'm making music for my family. Like, that's cool. That's a cool new way to look at it instead of like, all right, you want to call me a faggot? You want to call me a piece of shit? I don't care. Like, Go for it. Come to the show. Yell it out loud. I invite you. Pay the ticket. Buy the records. Call me a faggot. Call me a piece of shit. I'm going to use it to sustain and grow someone who doesn't have that hate and doesn't have to live in a world where that exists. So I think it gives me a way to like filter it. I don't know if that makes sense. You know, I can like almost filter it through me as like, hey, man. Look, I'm just delivering the message. Like, right. I'm, I'm, don't kill the messenger. You look. And that's kind of how I think I'm going to take it forward is I'm just delivering a message. You guys do with it what you want. And I, I'm not going to get involved in the argument, if that makes sense. And everybody that I've seen that's like a really good activist and a really good person, that's what they morph into is this I'm delivering a message I'm going to put this down here. I'm going to, I'm going to walk away. Right. No, that's, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think not only is that healthy for you, but like, I really, 
really love that notion of what you're talking about, where it's like you do, you know, turn these chapters in your life where you find not only inspiration in different places, but then you find, uh, you know, the higher calling, higher purpose, whatever you want to call it. It can be obviously, like you said, you know, birth of a child, or it can be obviously a religious awakening, whatever it may be. But it's like when you uncover that rock and you see the light in there, it's like, oh, dude, you, you all of a sudden unlock the these other avenues in which you can express yourself. And like you said, kind of, you know, shift away from all of the negativity where you're just like, I don't yeah. need to be bogged down by that shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, and like, that's really interesting. Like my whole perspective changed when I kind of found out I was going to have a kid. Like I'm reading this stuff and I'm just like, oh, whatever. This is like, I'm going to have a kid. This is fucking child shit. Right. This is way more important, dude. You're, you know how fucking scary it is thinking about having a kid. You're telling me that I'm a fucking asshole or I'm a faggot or that I need to like comment on this or that I'm not doing a good job. Honestly, as long as my family, my wife, and my kid-to-be think I'm doing a good job, I'm going to put that priority above everything else, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think that that gives you a way different perspective than being like kind of knocked around by the world, which is precisely the reason why I wanted to have a family, was to sort of like, you know, my, one of my, my therapists or whatever, my, one of my teachers, Buddhist teachers was like, you know, I was talking, I got really into rock climbing because I really liked the idea of the danger. But the fact is like, you are literally in control of it. Like it's all on you. Like you set, they call it protection, which means you're actually setting in like these kind of bolts and nuts into the rock face in order to protect yourself from dying. So it's this really immense sort of connection to the earth and to, to, to doing something that's like really crazy but really controlled. And he was like, well, what, what could you do in, in your life that gives you this like connection and also like groundedness and safety? And I was like, well, I think a family. You know, like having a family gives you some level of – that safety from the rest of the world, which sometimes I feel like, I feel like the last year I've been kind of getting bobbled around in the rest of the world because of what I was putting myself out there as. And Mm -hmm. I was kind of getting, you know, battered around by the, the, the the winds of the world. And and I kind of thinking, you know, Oh, I'm going to have a family allows me to sort of maybe step away from that and go, instead of being in the midst of it, I'm just going to put stuff out there and the, and the world and everybody else can bat it around and do what they need with it. And maybe it'll make its way to some good eventually, you know, planting that one of my teachers too, who like, who works with, um, um, recovery addicts, Uh, you know, not everybody that goes into recovery is going to recover. Uh, not everybody that comes in there wants to be sober. Mm. So it's like a really difficult job and you got to look at it. He looked at it as planting a seed. Maybe you never see that grow, but you know, you're part of planting a seed that hopefully gets somebody to a place somewhere down the line. And that's kind of like how you have to look at it. But it, it is, it is hard because you don't get to see the res- you don't get to see the results. Yeah. You just have to almost have this faith that what you're doing is meaningful and important and you know like everybody says has always said I mean you can't read stuff about yourself but 
<laughs> the thing is with the internet, it's almost impossible because you're kind of like, oh, I posted this picture about climbing with my friend. I wonder if my other friends are commenting on it and you look at it and some guy's like, fuck pussy. And you're right. like, who are you? What are you talking about? Why are you even here? I didn't invite you. Right. And it's like, I, I'm not going in the New York Times and reading my review of fucking, you know, like if you're a Broadway star, I'm not going and reading my review of, it's like that you can avoid. You can't avoid this shit now. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I love, I mean, honestly, what your, your expression is, uh, is so beautiful in regards to, like you said, the, the, the the notion of you fluttering around like you know a leaf in the wind or whatever i mean i'm sorry i'm painting a very poetic picture here but the uh it, just the anchoring that one feels when you do find that that purpose and i just think that's a not only is it a beautiful expression but i, I mean ultimately i'm just i'm i'm happy for you because i i love um i mean you obviously i consider you a close friend but i i just think the uh the it, any negativity that comes your direction, uh, whatever, you know, seven years ago when I didn't know you, like I might've been like, well, yeah, because you know, buddy might've been a dick then or whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, I do, I, I go read some of my old interviews and they're fucking crazy. <laughs> they're fucking crazy. I read some interview from like back on warp tour in like 2009, like the millionaires and it was, I was Jeffrey star. And I was just like, it had nothing to do with Jeffrey's, you know, choice of whatever, right. his gender. It was more just, why are you a musician? That was my thing. I was like, what do you, you know, you are not a musician. Like <laughs> that was millionaires. This, it was, and it was just like, that's what people think of me as. So I think when I'm who I am now, when sort of people like peek their head up from the rock or wherever they've been and they like check in with census fail and they see like someone like me now, they're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I like census fail because he was a fucking asshole like me. Sure, and I, I'm really come to learn that like so many of our fans identified with me because of how aggressive and asshole and not giving a shit I was. That's what they identified with, so they don't identify with me anymore. Right. Well, that's a, that's an interesting idea of just the you were essentially their uh, their surrogate. You know, like you were doing things that they might not do in their own personal lives because of the obvious ramifications of that. But they're like. Oh, but I really like Sense Fail because Buddy's a dick to everybody or whatever. You're like that. There's that brashness that exists. I mean, I'm still that brash, which is funny. That's true. Like I didn't. <laughs> I That's true. Like, that hasn't that hasn't changed. <laughs> it's a, It's like it's just the topic is different, and right. So I, it's been interesting for people to be like now on the receiving end of it. Almost the people that like were like, yeah, go get them, like fuck the world, and now I'm like kind of turning it around and they're like whoa, whoa 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 i don't want to be on the receiving end of this kind of loud aggressive guy's opinion right. i want to be in step with it right uh, you know and then also to the, the the political climate in our country is insane right now it's a very interesting interesting time to try to even talk have a conversation about anything that has to do with social or justice or anything because people are so on edge because they're being bombarded with it on every side no matter where you stand like you stand all the way to the left you're getting nailed with everything over there like and you're not left enough or you're on the right and you're not right enough it's like there's truly i don't know where the middle is anymore <laughs> right 
Um, well, the last thing I want to hit on was like something that you mentioned, obviously towards the beginning, like the, uh, the, the group that I know you mentioned to me before, and you're obviously trying to piece that together. Did you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. 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 Give me some details behind that. Like what your, uh, at least what your, your, your goal is and what you want to try to provide for people. I mean, I guess I want to provide, I want to provide for people maybe something they've missed in census fail really is like. Um, so what it is is it's, it's me singing, and it's basically the guys in Finch and me. So it's basically Senses Fail and Finch right. as a band, and our focus is sort of like making what would that sound like? Like not what like what would it sound like to make old Senses Fail and Finch music now? Mm-hmm. And can we do it? Is it good? Does anybody want to hear it? Do we like it? You know, that's kind of like the question rather than like, we're going to get together and do like, I, I kind of had used Census Fail as my, you know, side project in a way. Like, I'm just going to go and do whatever I want. It doesn't really matter. Um, and this is going to kind of be what you're supposed to do with your band, I think. You're supposed to kind of like try to keep it, keep it to what, keep it to what worked. But I think if it's more fun, I think there's something fun about, doing that in a side project because I can feel fulfilled in my real band, which is the opposite of what people do. They feel completely unfulfilled in their band, so they do a side project to be fulfilled. Um, so I've done the opposite. Right, right. <laughs> but and- it's not true, though, because I'm not unfulfilled in this band. It's just it gives me an avenue to like explore maybe some things that we haven't done in a while, which is sort of writing stuff that sounds like, 2006 you know right. well and the, and the the uh i'm sure it's interesting too because obviously a census fail as a creative endeavor over the past couple of years like of course you have people you play with and you have people that you lean on to help write the stuff yes but you, now i mean this for all intent and purposes is obviously like more of a band than yes what yes. you've experienced so i'm sure that's fun to kind of dive back into that yeah no i mean it's great to sort of not be the main figure head and sort of the main driver of just the minutiae, the daily minutia of being in a band. Like they hit me up and they're like, we're practicing here, show up. And I'm like, this is great. This is what the singer's supposed to do. He's just supposed to show up. Right. <laughs> He's not supposed to run the band and be the business manager. No, you know, right. and that's, so it's cool to not have to like wear all the hats and just be able to be like, where do I got to be? Okay. Right. I'm going to show up and I got the songs and I work on them and, you know, I could be the creative force and they actually want, and they do want me to be vocal about all the stuff I'm vocal about. So if you're looking for that to stop, then this is probably not right. something you're going to want to be a part of either. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get a reprieve from that. <laughs> no, is that something they, no, they were like, we really want, we think it's important. We want to be a part of something that's meaningful. So we don't want you to like not speak your mind and talk about stuff. And I think the, um, you know the name of the band is really cool. Um, it's uh, it's called "Speak the Truth, Even If Your Voice Shakes." Oh, where did you get, where did you get that from? It is a quote from a noted uh, feminist, an old, an old. Her name is Maggie Kuhn. Okay, um, and her, you know, she was a feminist. She did a lot of different things. One, I guess what she's best known for was her fight against ageism. She was very into like the idea that old people within our American society 
need to have rights and be respected, but also like this very like radical idea that old age is not a disease and it's not, you know, in our culture, old age is looked upon differently than like my wife who's Peruvian. Old age there is like, it's respected, it's revered, it's, there's a matriarch. American society it kind of doesn't really view aging and being older and being wise as, as necessarily good things. And I thought it was really, first of all, it's a fucking awesome quote. You know, uh, speak the truth even if your voice shakes on so many levels. Like, always, you know, speak your truth, speak the truth, even if it is in front of the, 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 the it's a, it's a abbreviation of the actual quote. Um, but, uh, you know, it, the, the quote is stand before the people you fear and speak your mind, even if your voice shakes. So it's sort of like, you know, I think it's a cool way to tie in what I've been doing. But then it also speaks to what she was for, which is I think it's a bunch of guys who are a little bit older who – I mean well, I mean, old is relative. We're in our 30s and we're a little bit older and we're starting something new sort of in the face of something that you're really not supposed to you know, try and start a band when you're in your 30s. You're not – you're supposed to dial it down and be safe and we all kind of you – know, we all have family and kids and I thought it was really kind of just – it's a cool quote from somebody who stands for something and fought for something that's like kind of relevant in what we're talking, what we are as a band, which is, you know, a bunch of guys that are older that people, people initially might go, oh, those guys are fucking washed up. Why would they want to make music? And it's like, I think that's this quote and the name of the band speaks directly to that issue, which I think is cool. Yeah. Have you, have you actually practiced yet? And Oh yeah. Yeah. We have about like, we have about seven songs. You know, oh, nice. Five of them are about good and we feel confident in them and we're going to, you know, work on them some more and we're going to record them out. They have a studio out in Temecula and, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to try and F- figure it out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to put it together. We're going to record it and then we're going to probably try to do some shows, probably like just one in LA, one in New York. And I don't know, just see if people care. See if people like it. And then if people don't like it, cool. We didn't put that much time into it. And it was, you know, a fun project. And, um, and if people like it, we'll, we'll do more with it. So right. it's, one, it's one of those kind of things that, um, don't really. Yeah. You're not, pl- you're not placing yeah. these unrealistic expectations on it. This is like simply just to, uh, Hey, this is fun. And, uh, this sounds like a cool idea. Let's go ahead and I mean, do that. Yeah. I mean, they already, you know, when they approached me, they already had a bunch of songs and they sent it to me and I was just like, yeah, cool. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with census fail because, you know, when we talk, I mean, you know, I, I don't, nec- I don't necessarily even have a plan right now, but that's how, how I've always been. It's like, I'm going to wait until I'm inspired to do whatever the next thing is with census fail. And I'll wait until that comes, whether that's whatever it may be, you know? Right. Yeah. Recently I've been, the break was not that long because now that I'm going to have a kid, it's sort of like, well, what do I know how to do? Right. Let's get some shows together. <laughs> Band for 14 years. Maybe now is not the exact time to change that up. Maybe I'll just do that for a little bit and, you know, sort of see what happens. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's your, your complete right to do that. And it doesn't, it, it, as long as you're not, uh, you're not crushed under the weight of anything. It's like, yeah, keep, keep doing that. That's, that's you've, 
you've put the time in, you've put the sweat equity into it to where it's like, okay, now it can be at a level where, uh, you know, you're comfortable with it and it's obviously sustaining your living. That's great. We, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to do, we're going to take this year off basically. So, I mean, we're going to play taste of chaos and do a show before then. And then, um, that's probably going to be it for the year, you know, probably maybe write a record and, you know, be, be, be pregnant. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so it kind of, you know, it kind of works out and you need to go away for a little bit anyways. Yeah. Right. You got to make yourself scarce in a positive way. Yeah. So, but I'm doing this other project too. And then, you know, we have an acoustic EP. So, I mean, I'm somewhat busy and then, you know, I work at a donut shop, which is which, a vegan donut shop, which I'm sure people who probably be upset if I posted that online. Right. Of course, you fucking work at a vegan donut shop. It's real typical, dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the only vegan donut shop in the entire city. Yeah. So, right. You happen to find it. Yeah. You're like, how about you just go into your donut shop, like in your city, and you'll probably find a vegan donut too, buddy. <laughs> have you, uh, have you, have, you don't know, I don't think I told you that. Did I tell you that? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told you, you, you haven't been to. You haven't been up here, though. No, it's it, it's a shame because I, I my heart breaks when I see uh, friends of mine posting like the uh, the lavender donut. I'm just like, yeah, I got to do that. I got to do it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I will. I will make a trip up there and I will. Uh, I will. I will consume the donuts because I mean well, they're donuts. You got you got to say yes to donuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, buddy, thank you so much. This has obviously been uh, a fun romp around many different areas, but I, I just knew it was uh, important to uh, kind of discuss all that stuff because I think it's it's something people don't recognize. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. So there you go. That was a lot, right? I, I just think that's an important topic of conversation because obviously uh, I would say a majority of us live on the internet obviously we're downloading podcasts and interacting with one another on every social media platform and how these things impact us and uh, what positive things we can take away from it what tools we can use and it's just all important discussions that we need to be having because I think if uh, we blindly accept technology and services and do all of these things that we have no idea how they're actually impacting us, obviously, until we kind of step back and be like, oh, maybe I don't do this. Maybe I don't do that. Um, so, yeah, just, uh, I just I want you all to uh, be healthy human beings. And uh, this hopefully this discussion will make you think about some stuff. And maybe you're not going to pour hate all over the Internet. Please don't do that because that's not necessary. So anyways, yeah, and then his new band. And like I said, I'm very happy for Buddy. He's got some exciting things happening. And his kid, come on, being a dad, real life, that's cool stuff. So anyways, thank you very much for listening to this uh, friendversation, I like to call them. And uh, next week, we'll be back on point with our usual interview type subject. And we have Benny Horowitz, the drummer of the Gaslight Anthem, who I've wanted on the show for quite some time because he does a lot of guest spots on another podcast that is really, really good called Going Off Track. And he's just an incredibly insightful, intelligent dude. And I knew that we would have a lot of fun together. And we absolutely did. It was great. So uh, I'll bring that to you next week. And please, until then, be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.